happen if I just kept doing this? Like, what would happen three years from now? Like, if these people were just people I kept doing the long game with, as opposed to, like, how we all feel. I don't want to do this. And I said, no, what's going to happen? Yeah. It's almost like a trickle effect. Ten people, literally today, I don't know. What, what can happen? State Conference? Yeah, North Carolina, Narcom Conference. It was a great day. So we're back at the Airbnb, celebrating our great first day. And Jordan challenged us to make another podcast for Scale Culture, which of course, not just, you know, we didn't just work like 13 hours at the trade show. I had two conference sessions that I spoke. You spoke to like, it felt like a million people at the trade show. But we're back here filming a podcast. So, yeah, Jordan is literally nuts. But yeah. here we go. Here we go, Jordan. We're doing this for you, man. We love you. No, but we're doing it for you guys because we love you guys. And today was a fulfilling day, an exciting day. And there's a lot of lessons that came out today. So uh, we're here in North Carolina. Melissa and I flew in because we're on the heels of Sales Mastery. And the team's a little exhausted. We're going back to Vegas next week for another conference. So it was kind of like, okay, let's just send in whoever we can on the East Coast, right? So we're the East Coast team. And uh, it's been a fantastic day. Like so much great came out of this. We loved it. So um, we wanted to record this podcast and we wanted to record this podcast specifically on the topic of playing the long game in sales. So many themes came up today, both what we were talking about, my speaking session at the, the chapter, what Melissa experienced during the day. We actually closed a new sale today. We have a ton of leads. We want to tell you all about that stuff but it's really about playing the long game. So before we get into that, I just wanna ask you, Melissa, what, what are your most memorable moments of today? What really stuck out to you from the conference today? Yeah, it's interesting because there's a lot, but it was, the biggest thing for me was that I had no idea who was actually gonna be at this conference because they don't share that with you until after. And I showed up and I started seeing just so many familiar faces and I think it's, like you said, that this is about the long game. These people that I saw were actually people that I have been trying to get in touch with for not just a week, but probably like a couple months, maybe even a year. So I was very excited to see people that I have been putting effort into. All right, thanks for sharing that. So in case you don't know if you're watching or listening, obviously Melissa's in charge. Uh, she's one of our two people in charge of new business, so one of our scale consultants. And so she is tasked with playing the long game with a number of leads. And she's absolutely right. We showed up to this conference. It was kind of um, you know, a you know whirlwind because we were coming off of sales mastery. So we're less prepared, we've done less research than we would normally do for a conference. And I agree, I concur with Melissa. We walked in and it was a sea of friendly faces, right? So we're in North Carolina, I live in South Florida, you live in New Jersey. Yes. So why would we know who these people are? Well, we know who these people are because we made a conscious effort to target some people we want to do business with, get to know our target market, and then we've been pursuing them ever since. And so, Melissa, give me give me a couple examples without 
you know, incriminating anybody at home with their <laughs> full names. Maybe sure. this is the first thing. Who are some people that you saw today that you've been trying to reach out? Tell us some of the things you've been doing to get in touch with them. Yeah, so there's a couple. So one that I can think of off the top of my head, and this is something that you might know, but if you want to know, you can obviously reach out to us. It's something called a Dream 100 campaign. So I have had someone on this campaign since day one, and I have done so many different touches with this person from literally mailing them a dollar bill to, you know, being- Wait, why would you mail them a dollar bill? Because um, at Rent Scale, we help people make money, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was the whole concept behind that. But it wasn't just about that just one touch. For the past, I would say, almost year, I have been strategically reaching out to this person. So whether it's a phone call, an email, a letter, I've just been doing different touches. And so to see this person and have a great conversation and actually have them sign with us, like right there in the business, yeah. right, was amazing. But that's just one of probably 10 people. There's other people who I have had in-depth conversations with about 45 minutes, but it wasn't about just that one conversation it was about being strategic to get to that conversation and though nothing happened for us i didn't close business within that conversation it was about following up and still knowing what they were all about and being able to relate to them so you know normally if you're kind of calling I don't want to say stalking, but almost doing that, you get a little fearful if you're going to meet this person in person. And so I felt very confident and it was amazing to see people actually coming up to me and giving me actually hugs. Oh, Melissa, you're this person, as opposed to uh, stay away. So, These are people you've never met right. before mm -hmm. and it's kind of ignoring you yep. and they're walking in and giving you hugs. Yeah. So if you're, if you're thinking this sounds like a lot of work, what she's talking about, playing a long game, sending emails, making phone calls, often a very thankless job, right? Many of those phone calls don't get returned. And then we walk into a conference today of 150 plus, and they said it was 150 people, they sold out, they made a couple of extra seats, and it's 150 qualified prospects, by the way, right? These are all the people we wanna be doing business with. I wanna really reiterate that. And there's, what would you say, Melissa? How many vendors do you think are at this conference? Maybe 25? Yeah, so 25? 25 vendors. I believe that because I right. looked around. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed the number, but yeah, I believe there's 25. And so there's 100 vendors. That's a one to six ratio. There's one vendor for every six prospects. Yeah. I just did that math on my, without the calculator. Right now. Yes, mm -hmm. I don't usually do it that well if you've ever seen me present. Um, and it's a competitive advantage, right? They are coming up to you. Even if they only saw your emails and they deleted them, even if they only got your gifts and thought that was fun but never called you back, I'm sure there were some of those people, mm -hmm. even if they only got the phone call, they walked into this event and they saw Melissa and they felt compelled to talk to her. So talk about a competitive advantage that the other 24 vendors did not have, right? So, and you're playing the long game and you know how do you stay focused, right? How do you, you know, what do you feel like when you're calling somebody, you're committed to winning them long-term, you call them two or three times, you send a letter, you actually go out and you stalk them on Facebook, you learn what they like and you send them specific socks or coasters from the college they went to, which is all stuff we do, guys. Like this is, if you, if you know us at all, this is the kind of stuff we do. How do you stay committed when some of these guys aren't calling you back? 
I think it's exactly what you said is playing that long end game, which really comes down to realizing what prospecting is all about, right? So it's not about picking up a phone and me calling you Jeremy and you ignore me and say, I don't wanna to talk to you. That's basically for me saying, I'm not gonna to talk to that person ever again. That's not what it's about. It's about being strategic. You said, we know that these are people that we wanna work with. So being able to, you know, even set reminders, it's as simple as that, um, about make a phone call, send them a letter in the mail. Like how hard is that? It really isn't. Like, here we go. What's it gonna take, five minutes? Um, okay. Send another reminder. Like, did you get my letter? It's not that hard and I actually find it, this is kind of weird coming from sales, but enjoyable because um, I'm being strategic in the way I'm reaching out to them. So it's very customized to this specific person. So being able to follow up, it doesn't feel like a cold call at all. So if they're gonna say no to me, well one, they're not gonna say no to me because I'm not pitching my product yet. It's more about them knowing who I am and maybe knowing a little bit about what we do, but once I figure more out about them, then I can really sell them on how our product would benefit you. So, right. yeah. So I love what you just started to say. So I'm starting to understand the way you're staying motivated is the way you look at the relationship with this person. Yeah. So when you're reaching out and you said it, I'm not, you just said, I'm not pitching my product. So what are you doing? What, what's the goal of this communication? What are the conversations like when they actually pick up the phone and you talk to them? Yeah, I think long end goal would be to get them as a client. Otherwise, why am I doing this, right? Sure. But short term, it's more about getting to know who they are, um, more so letting them know that I've been reaching out and my name is Melissa and I'm from Rent Scale, and that's really all they need to know at the beginning. And then as they understand who I am, I can then talk to them more in depth about who they are, what their life is like, what their business is like, what their goals are like, and now they trust me a little more. And this isn't anything to be, you know, I'm trying to, I don't know what the word is. Manipulate them. Right, that's right. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that because I really truly believe that our product would benefit them. So I'm just trying to be strategic and yeah, I I feel like when I do this, it it's a good feeling for me. Yeah. And I actually think they reciprocate more than me being like, hey, this is awesome, this is what yeah. we do. They're gonna respond to that. Yeah, you're correct in the consulting. Yeah. You you have a this is the way I don't want to put some words in Melissa's mouth, but you know, but I wanna restate it. So when we're prospecting, we're playing the long game. We are making some assumptions that we do not know to be true, but we believe to be true with some reasonable doubt. So we are calling people that we think their life could be better if they knew about us. We you know, are taking the responsibility that they are doing things that are not in their best interests that we can help them fix. However, we're getting on the phone with them eventually at some point, not in any kind of arrogant way saying, I know something you don't know. We're basically saying, I think there's some things that I can do to help you. I think there's a better way to do things. But before I push myself on you, let's talk about what you're doing and, and let me first validate my assumptions, right? So you're operating with this assumption that you know better than they do, but you're gonna be humble when you actually get on the phone with them and talk to them and say, oh, you have this solution, you've got your sales dialed in, you've got a BDM, you're setting goals, you're crushing it, right? Fantastic. So all I wanna do for you, I'm not gonna try selling anything, you're in the Rinscale family, I can bring you some more ideas, New things are going to be generated all the time. If you're ever stuck, call us. You know, we want to help you. 
but nine times out of 10, they don't have those things, right? Mm-hmm. And then we can have a conversation. And I like to, and I, and I learned this from Mike Weinberg, one of the authors that I really celebrate. You want to approach outbound as if you're an adult and you see a kid running in the street, right? We all know that as property managers, most owners that we find online, uh, investors managing their own properties, working with, you know, property managers that are like part-time, you know, that are realtors just doing it on the side. These guys are like kids running in the street, you know, and we're, we need like what responsible adult's going to say, well, that kid did not ask for my help. So I'm just going to let him run in the street, right? Like right. it's absurd. It's a different mindset, right? But we have the tools to do that. So I love that you shared that. I've observed you do it. Barrett does this as well. This is culturally ingrained in what we do. We look for people who enjoy this. We try to give them the tools to be effective. You guys seem like you're having fun when you're doing this. It doesn't, it's clearly work, don't get me wrong, but it all pays off with an event like today, right? When you actually, so share some stories of some people that came up today, some conversations, like give these guys an example of why we chose this tonight after being at this conference all day with these 150 people. Yeah, um, 100% agree that it is actually fun. I think a lot of us think this prospecting is something that we don't want to do and it's going to take a lot of our time and you know we're going to call and phones are just going to get hung up on us. But it actually is fun being able to do it in a creative way. So I think the, way, the reason why we're doing this right now, this whole podcast, is because today just really was eye-opening for you know the end game. We've been practicing this and then showing up at an event where you have literally 10 people. I'm sitting behind the vendor booth and I'm like, I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. And while I haven't met them actually face to face, I was like, hmm, I wonder actually what's going to happen. Are they going to run away from me? Because I think that's what, you know, salespeople fear a little bit. Are they going to run away from me? I've been reaching out to them so much. Or what's going to happen? And I actually had that thought, but it went away right away because someone immediately like walked up. They recognized me. And I mean, like we said, one person signed up right off the bat. A couple other out of those 10, probably three or four, we set additional conversations or calls to have additional conversations. Sure, advancing the sale. They're not ready to buy on the spot, but they're like, hey, I'm ready to learn more. I'm advancing the sale. But I think... One of the most interesting things is when salespeople typically think of prospecting, it's like I said, you pick up the phone, yes, no. And so some of these people probably took me a year when I first started reaching out. And so as a you know salesperson, business development manager, I start thinking, what would happen if I just kept doing this? Like, what would happen three years from now? Like if these people were just people I kept doing the long game with, as opposed to like how we all feel, I don't want to do this. And I said, no, what's going to happen? It's almost like a trickle effect. 10 people literally today. I don't know what, what can happen? It's kind of endless. That's a great point. And so to talk about playing in the game for a long time, um, we talked about closing some business today, got a new client today. Right? You weren't just playing the long game, you actually got to reap the rewards. So Melissa and I were talking about this earlier, you know, and I talk about this all the time if you come talk. This is one of the big things we teach that, you know, a salesperson's day should be a balanced mix of several activities, right? Everybody wants to wake up and close, right? And Hollywood, oh, we talk about it all the time, they they 
they glam, glamify, or you know, they make it glamorous. I don't know the word to say. I'm gonna call it glamify, right? They glorify <laughs> this idea that like ABC always be closing, close, close, close. Like everybody gives like the high fives when they close the deal. Listen, at the end of the day, it's really exciting because that's the culmination. That's just like crossing the finish line of any project that's in your life. I'm, I'm gonna celebrate that. I'm not gonna minimize that. But if your day was full of closing and nothing else. It would be a little bit hollow, right? It wouldn't, there would be no struggle in the victory. So I think that, you know, every day is a pie chart where some percentage is closing deals, right? That's how we get paid at the end of the day. That's what makes the engine, that's what keeps everybody in our team employed, right? If you're not closing deals, nothing happens until a sale is made. None of the other, you know, roles in your business matter. So that, that is not to be taken lightly. But to close a deal, you need to be advancing sales, right? So part of the pie chart is closing. Hopefully a big chart is advancing like you did today with several people. Sometimes it's just gathering intelligence and keeping the relationship alive, right? Which is just staying in touch. And other times it's feeding the funnel. It's, it's planting seeds. It's bringing new people into the, into the day. So a really solid day for anybody that's responsible for generating new business or generating revenue for a company, is gonna be a pie chart that's an equal blend of closing deals, advancing sales, staying in touch with people waiting for something to happen, and generating new leads. So let's talk about that, Melissa, because we didn't come to this trade show knowing everybody, right? No. So let's talk about how your day was spent planting new seeds. So I probably knew 10 people out of what do we say? 150? Yeah. The rest of the day was pretty much, obviously, if you are in sales, you know, sometimes you're behind a vendor booth. So that is what I did the majority of the day. But we did it in kind of a strategic way, right? Yep. So I think so. We tried to basically get people to come up to the booth in a different way. So we had this big whiteboard where I literally last night spent the time writing with Sharpie markers about six different pages of what we do. And so, well, so it's not a whiteboard, I wanna clarify this, it is a flip chart. Right. Yeah, so it's like, you know, this is like post-it note, giant sticky pads, like I wish we had it here. It's probably what, three feet tall. You know, it's like 50 pages, you guys have seen them, right? It's like, a, imagine a post-it note if like, you know, the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk had one. Yes. <laughs> and so it's a flip chart. So yeah, so go ahead. Continue yeah, but I think the whole concept behind that is it's something different than any other vendor is really doing. And so when I can start to actually show what is happening on this big white piece of paper and someone is asking questions, what I found, which was really crazy, is that other people started coming. It was almost like I was giving a presentation as opposed to just saying what? what we do, right? Yeah. There were times I think one person asked and there were then four different people next to me and then I had to readjust my eyes, not just looking at one person but looking at five and sharing the same story. And what was the most fun thing was that some of the people stayed afterwards and was like, I only caught the beginning of that. Can you tell me more? I think I missed something which one means they were very interested in what we had to say. Yeah. Um, and two, just, it was just a good feeling. Yeah, it was like, visual, it was, uh, you know, how do you say it? Like it, there's a bunch of people at a trade show booth sitting beside or behind their table and then we had done the work. And if you have a, anybody like, you know, listening to this that sells with a PowerPoint presentation or a Google Slides presentation, you know, you've thought this through. You're like, I want to show them this. I want to show them how it works. 
Well, Melissa, and she's done this multiple times, by the way, guys, like we get Amazon Prime to ship us these white pads and then we have these markers and we redraw it and it's not easy. You know, I mean, it's not hard, right? It took you less than an hour. Yeah. But it's also not like, you know, we're shipping the same white pad. So we take these sticky notes and we kind of build a, what, six page yeah, slide six presentation. Pages. First page is all the stories we can tell about our clients we've helped. We have a page about, you know, how we optimize sales. We have a slide, a slide as I like to call it, about how we hire, you know, I'll just, you know, it goes on and on. I won't give the whole thing away because I want you to come up and interact. But we have an interactive presentation. It is on a six foot easel, right? We're like in a busy trade show booth. And here's Melissa. She can barely get her hands over the thing to flip it, right? It's like really engaging, right? And so she's like, hey, you wanna know about this? Like, no problem, I got a slide for that, right? A slide, it's a, it's, it's a sticky note. Yeah. And she's telling a story, I'm guessing very enthusiastically, because I saw her do yeah. it. I, I came back from giving one of my talks and she was in the presentation and I, I was like, I'm just gonna back off. This girl's got her mojo going. So someone says, I have this problem, right? And so she's, she's diagnosing the problem and she said, well, that's your problem. We have a solution for that. And it's pre-written and I'm not, we may have a whole nother episode about Seriously. the power of this. Yeah, right? but it is pre-written. So yeah. uh, it's not that I'm just selling them on something. Like I wrote this beforehand and you told me what your problem is or what your goal is. And I literally take this, what did you call it? The slide, the slide presentation. And yeah. um, flip to say page three, and it's literally about what they just told me. Yes. So it's, I'm not making anything up. I seriously put effort into this. Yeah. And I'm addressing exactly what they're telling me to do. Because if I just go through all six pages, they're probably gonna be falling asleep. I need to address what they're talking to me about. Yeah, and so as you said, so like, it's this, this visual presentation. I wish we had it right here. I know we have the video. We'll, we'll post it later. But as she's saying, she's presenting to one person and it's like the old, you know, you, you live in New Jersey, yes. right? Not the Jersey Shore, we've talked about that. No, please but don't associate with The that. Jersey Shore is famous for these pitchmen, right? And they would start pitching to one person on a, and then two people would show up and then team, 10 people would show up. And the next thing you know, there's a hundred people listening to the juice presentation, right? And so that's what we saw happen today. I walked up and all of a sudden she, she thinks she's giving a presentation to one person, but 10 people are watching total tangent, but I want to bring it back on track. So I'm talking about this pie chart of the day, right? We were talking about like, you know, you're trying to close people, you're trying to advance people, trying to stay in touch. We're trying to plant new seats. So do you think that everybody you spoke to today will buy today? No. No. Will some that. buy very soon? Yes, and I'm very optimistic. Yes, mm -hmm. she was very, she went through the business card, she had notes on them. Yeah. She's like, I think these three people are ready to go. But did you treat those people much different than everybody else you presented to? No, there was actually one person who came up to me and this just stands out for me just because the question you asked, but she really wasn't at the point to invest and I knew that it probably wasn't a good fit for us. Maybe a couple years from now it would be. She just started her property management company, but she talked to me about marketing, right? And so I actually gave her marketing companies. While she was sitting there, like I emailed someone and CC'd her. So no, not right. Not every conversation was going to lead into a sale for me. But I think it's being strategic each time you talk to someone, whether it's a long game, whether it is a new lead that's coming up to the table because they see me flipping charts and what the heck is she doing, or whether it's someone who is just figuring out and we're not a good fit. But being able to actually provide her value when she has a conversation with me because. Yeah. That's gonna come back at some point. Hey guys, Jordan and Jeremy here. 
We wanted to pull you away from this episode for a second to tell you about an online training we've put together to show you exactly what the fastest growing property managers in America are doing. You're gonna learn how to attract the clients you want, protect the margins in your business, and consistently set and hit meaningful sales goals each and every quarter. Now there's a simple but powerful framework that will help you do this and I'll walk you through all four steps of the framework. We started RentScale because of the gap between how much effort and process goes into the operational side of the business compared to sales and marketing. Even though the growth function is arguably where the bulk of the value creating potential exists for each and every business owner. The answer is going pro. The answer is operationalizing sales. And I'm not gonna lie, it's really hard work but the reward is worth the price. And that's the reason we've gone so far down the rabbit hole of property management sales. We've now built sales playbooks for over 70 property management companies, and the results have been extraordinary. I really wanted to break the art of scaling down into a proven, repeatable process that any business owner can implement. It's called the blueprint for doubling your door count in the next one to three years, while replacing yourself and building a team you love. And it's totally free. You can find it online at doublemypm.com. That's doublemypm.com. PM being short for property management, of course. We basically spilled everything we do to help managers grow on this one training. So make sure to get to doublemypm.com today. Enjoy the rest of this episode, guys, and see you on the training. So I, I there's like nine places I want to go today, but I want to make sure you guys understand that we were at this trade show today. I watched Melissa, I met people. We had, we had a lot of things stacked in our advantage. I, I, had, I gave two sessions, I got to speak, right? You already knew a bunch of people. We've already closed, you know, um, multiple five figures of business today. I believe that she's literally gonna bring on three new clients, you know, at least from today. Um, but we planted seeds, we treated everybody the same. So we closed deals, we advanced deals, we kept in touch with people, and we planted new seeds, right? So it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if it's a trade show. It doesn't matter if it's cold calling. Yeah. Melissa does not have the fortune of having an event like this every day of the week. So you do you find other ways to do this, right? But it's kind of the same portfolio is really what I want to drive home. Yeah, it's a combination of everything you said. So while you might play, be playing the end game with people that you know you want to work with, and it might take not even more time on a daily basis, but more time over the course okay. of yeah, patience, patience. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that might be a portion, but that's not going to be the bulk of what I'm bringing in for business. And that speaks for me. It speaks for other vendors. It speaks for, you know, property management owners, but there's gotta be a portion of new leads that are coming in and whether it is being at a event like we were today or, you know, doing some research on your own and even finding these leads. Like there has to be a combination of all of us. Otherwise it's just not going to work. You cannot bank on one. It has yeah. to be multiple ways that you are finding. Lots of lines in the water. Yeah. Right. And so I, let's bring it back because, you know, I hope you guys are that are playing along at home are realizing that while this works for rent scale, everything we're doing is absolutely one-to-one -one applicable for property managers, right? So if, if I need to spell that out for you, I'm, go, I'm doing it right now. So you're not like, well, that's great. And then I learned about what rent scale is. This is exactly what we teach our clients to do. We are just sharing a personal example from today because it's so fresh. And so the podcast is called Scale Culture. The thesis, the essence of what we're doing is trying to teach you guys that it takes the right culture to enable growth and that by default, most companies do not have the right culture 
to support growth. So Melissa, how enabled uh, do you feel to play the long game at Rinscale? How much is the company culture, you know, pressuring you to close deals today versus show productive activity versus build relationships over time? I think that it's a combination of all of those. I think when I think of the end game, I think I actually need to be doing this more just from today. It was so eye-awakening. Is that the word? Eye-opening. Eye-opening. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can also awake your eyes. That's yeah, fine. Whatever. <laughs> but I think that the culture makes me want to actually invest my time in all of those areas. Um, I think I actually need to spend a little bit more time in the long end game just from seeing what happened today. But that doesn't take too much time. So it's really a combination of everything. And I just need to, and I do this, but you can always do better, is prioritize and chunk kind of the timing of this is where I'm spending my time, this is where I'm spending my time, this is where I'm spending my time. Long end game, new leads, following up and so forth. Yeah, exactly, right? Because everybody is excited about new leads. Show me the leads, like give me, give me the leads and I'm gonna close them, right? And you know, we also, sometimes get excited about new relationships. So send me the trade show, you know, let me kick off a bunch of new relationships. But if that middle part, that long game, that follow up is not there, mm -hmm. the whole thing is for naught, you know, doesn't, doesn't make any sense at all. So I hope you guys can envision how this works for you being in property management. We obviously kind of went all in on our day and what happened and all the wins we had, which was exciting. Um, being around this amazing community, sponsoring a NARPUM chapter, having the opportunity to speak at a NARPUM event, which we take very seriously. We love the community. Um, Melissa, you know, I'd love to hear from you kind of how this applies to them. Obviously, you know, I'll share some of my thoughts because I did this today. So we, you know, one of my present, one of my presentations today was about, you know, calling for rent by owner opportunities. And you know, just kind of learning about their situation, checking in with them, um, understanding, okay, you're renting this on your own, and why is that? It's because you don't know about property management. It's because you don't understand the risk that's involved. Um, it, you know, I'm talking about complete door opening, right? Just calling people out and saying, you know, what, what's your goal? You're trying to rent this on your own. You know, would you like me to bring, help you bring you a tenant? Because we place a lot of people in that building, and I can do that. By the way, would you let me screen that person for you? It sounds like, you know, you're looking for us to help you find a tenant. And by the way, when you find a tenant, if you want to do it, if you want us to do it, who's going to take those maintenance calls, right? Just kind of moving into that. So this is all very applicable. Just like we're reaching out to people, you can be reaching out to people. So, you know, Melissa, I'm putting on the spot. I'd love to kind of know your thoughts on this. When you're playing the long game, because you have so many, you know, property management clients that you've done this with. Um, what does the long game look like for them? Can you give me examples where they can be more successful by not thinking about every person that comes in their sphere of influence, it's a yes or no decision, and it's more about building a relationship. Have you had any clients sharing stories with you or anything where they start to understand how the long game is actually working for them? I think it's, goes back to the person I signed up today. Like he literally said, I know you've been reaching out for me, reaching out to me for so long and it worked. Here I am, I'm your client. But I think when we talk about, you know, what we're doing at Rainscale and how this can be replicated within the property management industry, there really is no difference. 
Um, it's the same concept of finding someone who you know you want to work with. So whether you met them from a client, maybe you were at a referral event, BNI, whatever it is. Maybe you even were just like somewhere out on your own time and you found out that this person has, you know, two properties or your calling purpose, whatever it may be. It's very different to just pitch them on the spot than, you know, know that they could benefit from you and strategically reach out to them and just more so build a relationship, right? And this is who I am. I know that this is what you do. And, you know, I want to help you out. And yeah. here's some information that I found of, you know, what's going on with the legislation that might benefit you. It's just educational pieces that's really going to help you out. And they're going to find you as a valuable person in their life as opposed to someone that's just pitching them. And I think that's what happened today. And I think that's why we're, you know, talking about this. Absolutely. But it's no different than actually any other industry, especially property management. Okay, this is exciting. So I want to ask another question uh, on follow-up on that because you do this all the time. So moving away from our property managers, us specifically, like our experience, can you share with us any example of somebody you were proactively pursuing, which is what I call outbound, proactively pursuing, and they didn't think they really were interested, but you somehow won them over and kind of what how their life changed positively yes. having done it. I love this. Yes. Okay. So there's so many examples actually, because so let me just clear for that, cause you got so excited to like jump in. I, I can tell. So we all think that we are bugging people when we pursue them. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm asking Melissa for an example of somebody that she went out and she pursued who was at first resisting. Cause that's always been the default reaction, right? Whenever you, pursue somebody proactively, they're going to resist, but you convinced them to try us and then we converted them. And now they've actually told us my life is better. Thank you for doing all that work that you did. So, so I just wanted to tee that up now and tell the story. So obviously I sell for rent scale. So this is completely about rent scale, but it's not to say you can't do the same thing and no. have the same conversation. But this person, I kind of started prospecting, and I'm not saying prospecting, I'm saying reaching out because it's completely different. So he eventually decided to talk with me. And so we had about a 45 minute conversation, which was wonderful. Uh, he really wanted to do better at sales and really perfect his messaging and sales pitch. And so I was very optimistic. The call went great. And so, you know, follow-up email, sent him some educational information, um, scheduled a second call, and then all of a sudden it was just like, what the heck is happening? And if anyone who is listening to this is in sales, you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, but I, there's still this feeling in me. I was like, we had this great conversation and I, I pictured for him what life would be like if he kind of changed. So I was, I was a little shocked, but you know, playing the long end game, I still would continue to reach out. And I think it was probably two weeks later. I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he basically told me no. Two weeks later, he sent me an email and was basically- Oh, wait, so like, he told you no. He, he said no, told me no. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he actually said no. And you kept, did you keep following up? I, I think two weeks later, set an educational piece. Okay. And yeah. All right. That's still related to what he had told me that his goal was. Yep. And then, I think it was a little bit after that, maybe a couple days later, um, he sent me an email and was just like, I'm ready. When can I sign up? 
And so that's kind of how that happened. But he was he was resistant. Our conversation, like I knew his goal, but he still was, you know, giving me what about this, what about this. But at the end, it was really good. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was. Okay, so I want to recap before we go forward. This is you probably can't relate to this at home at all, but he was interested. You were building a ton of rapport. You were in chemistry. I'm super excited, Melissa. This sounds amazing, right? And you were mentally, you don't do this, but you guys may at home may be mentally spending the commission check before you can even cash it, right? You're like, I got this, like it's gonna happen. And then they call you back and they say, I'm not gonna go forward, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about from high to low. And you didn't, you didn't just void them out in the CRM. You didn't delete the record. You kept following up in a proactive way from what I'm hearing. I understood what was important to him and I sent something else. And I don't know if that was it or not, or if it was just being in the game and the patience. And they came, they called you back and they said, let's do it. I literally just got an email and he was like, I'm ready. And I was a little bit confused, but I also knew based on our first initial conversation that there was something there. But yeah, that was kind of one that was like, no, yes, no, yes. And it was weird. Um, but I think the big picture with this is how we actually changed his life. And so he was actually an owner doing the sales and that was all we talked about in that conversation. And he just wanted to get better. He had no vision of like anything beyond that. And so he went through a process and I just saw him recently and he basically was saying, I think that I need to get out of the sales role and let someone run it for me. And I think I need you guys to help me hire a BDM which was kind of like uh, literally so different from the first initial conversation we had. But when you can get someone really believing in what you do, and while I didn't think that was going to happen, trusting your product and what you're delivering, if you're passionate about it and you truly believe it will change someone's life, it will. And it did for this person. Yeah. He is now having a completely different mindset. And that's the same that goes with property management, right? So, you know, someone who is a landlord and they're not, they have no idea what you do and how can that impactfully change their life? It's, it's really the same thing. This girl loves to make sales, but more importantly, you can tell from her enthusiasm, she loves to help people, right? And that's the attitude. That's why we're playing the long game, right? If we were just playing the long game to make sales, this would be an exhausting lifestyle. But I can tell based on your energy and your smile and, and us coming out of the meeting today, which is why, you know, I wanted to make this our topic after Jordan so enthusiastically encouraged us to film a video podcast after like a 13 hour day, which I'm really glad we did guys. I'm really happy to share this with you and I'm happy to, uh, to uh, document her success, but you saw the passion, right? That's what it's about. It's about these relationships. It's exactly what we want you guys to be doing with the owners. We want you to know that there's a better reality for them. We want you to, you know, think on a macro level that they're better off with you. We want you to get into the weeds and go down to a micro level and know exactly what matters to them. Just like she just mentioned for this person who's replacing themselves as the only salesperson in the company. So that, you know, just like I have done, got myself out of doing the sales. I've got people like Melissa and Barrett and I'm freed, my, freed up to create things like Sales Mastery and this podcast and do things that I would not be able to do uh, if I was doing all the sales. Trust me, I would be like in a scarcity mindset. I probably wouldn't be here at this North Carolina event because I'd be too busy doing sales calls. Mm -hmm. And if I was here, I'd be a vendor, not a speaker. So when you you know replace yourself in these critical roles, because business development is a critical role. And if somebody's not responsible for it, 
nobody is responsible for it, right? I.e. that means you, the business owner, has to worry about it, stay up all night trying to figure it out, and you can't do all the things that we're talking about in this video. So, it's been a long time. Um, it's time my wine glass is empty. I don't know why yours is not. You've been doing all that talking. Um, so Melissa, give us the takeaway. So long game, right? Yeah. That's really what we were talking about doing today. Relationship building, changing lives. It's not worth playing the long game if you're just in this for a transactional relationship, whether it's $19.95 or $19,000. If it's transactional, you're probably not going to do the long game, right? So what's your biggest takeaway from today? I think that you don't need to think of it as prospecting and you really need to think of it as a long game strategy. The couple examples that I shared about people showing up at the booth today was amazing, but also that person that I just shared that I was like, I don't think they're going to come with us. I still have the mentality that, you know, I knew that there was something that we could help them out with. So while he said no, I still two weeks later had a reminder to send him an educational piece. Because, you know, as consumers, we just might believe something and we really do. And then something gets in the way. But when you can do the long game, it goes back to what their goals are. And I would never discount thinking that I need to pick up the phone and it's a no. All I'm trying to do is find out information and provide value and get them to know who I am so I can build a relationship. And I think that is literally one of the best things. If you can change your mindset of prospecting and cold calling to this, I mean... Things just happen. Things just happen. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it is. The antithesis of what most people are uh, preaching and talking about when it comes to sales, which is what I really wanted to drive home today. This long game really opens up a lot of doors. So we appreciate you guys coming today and joining us here in North Carolina. We're having a lot yes. of fun here in our Airbnb. Uh, this was a sporadic, spontaneous thing to do. I'm really glad we did it. Uh, yeah. We were celebrating what happened today, which is a culmination of a lot of things. And we know that a lot of you guys watch this podcast or listen to this podcast because you want to get better at sales, whether you're a BDM or a business owner, all of these are important. But the thing that I want to make sure you guys understand is that we call this podcast scale culture because it was clear to us that the clients that we're working with that are growing the fastest, and this has been true in my entire career, the leaders of the company, the business owners, they're building the culture to facilitate this kind of behavior. So Melissa, you are a rock star. I really appreciate her. I know a lot of you guys are watching this. You've done business with her. You know what I'm talking about. A lot of you guys wish that you could have somebody like Melissa in your company, or you have somebody like Melissa in your company, you want to keep them. And so the whole point of this is that, you know, we value people like Melissa, trust me, like she's absolutely you know, worth her weight in gold. And it's about creating the culture and being the type of leader that's gonna keep Melissa around, right? And so that's really what we're trying to drive home here. Sometimes it's a little bit of a subtle message. And that's not to pat myself or Jordan on the back, but it's about honoring that. It's about showing the, these guys, you know, what it takes to do this. And it's about creating a fertile ground for them to be able to thrive. And that's really what scale culture is all about. So whether it's you doing the sales, if you're passing off to somebody else, it really starts with leadership and patience and respect and a commitment to the long game. And I challenge you guys to make sure that you are involving that in, in your company and following through on that and having the courage and the patience 
And knowing from our stories, from some of our client stories, talking to other people at NARPM events, knowing that this stuff pays off. And everybody's fighting over that, you know, those inbound leads, those people that are calling you and saying, I'm ready for a switch, I'm ready for a property management. Well, you know what? That's the easy stuff. That's not what this is about. It's about creating a commitment, having a culture, and having the right people, having the strategy to actually go out and create new opportunities. That's what we're doing at Red Scale. That's what Melissa was sharing with you today. And that's what we want to do. That's what we're going to see you guys doing as well. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Yeah.